Hey, how you doing? I hope you're ready because you're tuning in to the hottest podcast on this planet Earth, the football podcast from We Play Strong. It's the first ever UEFA women's football podcast where we're going to chat about some of the biggest challenges in the game with some of the biggest stars in the game. In this episode, the one where no one cares, we're going to talk about the evolution of women's football in a crowded sports landscape. And um, you can join the conversation by using the hashtag WePlayStrong. And while you're at it, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, you know, the football podcast, and leave us a review. The more, the merrier. You know how it works. Okay, my name is Rocky Hayakaya. And you know what? I'm not doing this alone because I have two very, very, very special guests with me. Someone else that we also spoke for this episode. Megan Rapino. I think, I think you know her. Um, but first, please let me introduce to you my two lovely guests. First up, she is a Danish superstar. It's the one and only Nadia Nadim. Hello, hello. Hi, hi, Nadia. My second guest is from my home country, the Netherlands, Shanice Fond the Sander. Hello, everyone. Hey. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks. And yeah, I can't wait to start this podcast with you guys. So I'm really, really excited. Thanks for having us. I'm super excited to talk to you and be in the same podcast as the style icon <laughs> herself. <laughs> so super excited. Yeah. We're very lucky. We've got a T-Rex. We've got a style icon. <laughs> I mean, I we, can't, we can't go wrong. I know, that's it. Let's talk about the evolution of women's football. And my first question to the both of you is, when did you start to play football? And how would you describe the women's football landscape at that moment? I started playing football when I was a young girl. And I always went home after school and didn't really go outside, make any friends or something. So one of, my, one of the neighbors for my mom came to paint my mom's house and then he he always saw me behind the computer like Amazon, you know, hives and stuff like that. So he said, like, why are you never outside playing with some, you know, some friends or stuff like that? I said, yeah, I don't really feel about that, you know, to make new friends and stuff like that. I, I really like to be on myself, on my own. So he said, okay, but I'm gonna sign for you. Like, yeah, there were not any contracts or something like that, but there was one little football club in Eiselstein. That's where I'm from. So he said, okay, just start playing football there with some of the girls and see how it goes. So one week later at my first training session, and from that day, I never stopped playing football because I really enjoyed it. The group was so nice. It felt like friends already, like all the girls were so, so nice to me. So that's, yeah, how I started playing football. I started when we came to Denmark, you know, um, uh, and for me, it was kind of like similar, you know, I've never, I've, well, a bit different though. Uh, I didn't really knew what football football was, you know, I've never seen a girl playing football. And for the first time when I saw it, uh, seeing a girls team, I was kind of, yeah, I fell in love with the game and I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and, and, you know, we used to play around all the time with the kids around, around me and then, and then. And so when I started it, it was kind of like an obsession. Um, and that obsession obviously never left. And in terms of the landscape, you know, it's, it's, it's almost not 
comparable. The reason is when I started for almost two years, I didn't knew there's a women's football national team. The first time I figured out was it was, I think, 2002 because, and the reason is the women's national team was in China to play the World Cup, but I didn't knew this. There was like a little uh, um, a scandal between the Chinese Federation and Danish in terms of they were spying the tactical training of Denmark. And then that made the news. And for me, that's the first time I was like, oh, wow, we have a national team. So uh, so imagine that. And then to 2019, where the World Cup, like it was, it, you know, it reached every around the world, every corner. And, and now, you know, there's there's yeah girls women who play football and they're amazing at it so a lot has changed since i started till now yeah it's kind of funny that you that you speak on that because i remember when i started to play i was 12 years old and um i was the only girl uh played at the, with only boys and then at my my football local football club there was a a cup game so there was a um a game between two women's teams from Amsterdam and i never saw any women playing football and i was at that game also accidentally because i went to the club and probably just to go and play yeah. uh, football with myself and then i saw these women like grown ups playing football and they were good and i was like I thought I was the only one. I, I felt so special. And then I saw more of them. So, okay. Well, that's cute. Hey, and yeah, yeah, that, that was, that was cute. And you then... still are special. You still are special. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> Thank you. No, but, and uh, going back to the journey from, yeah, yeah, started as an amateur player, even maybe just for fun. And now becoming uh, uh, an international superstar, professional player. Can you take us a little bit on that journey and how that how that happened, Nadia? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, as I said, my journey started in a refugee camp, seeing the first time girls playing, and then that was my first team. You know, the the club beside the camp where I started. And at this point, you know, I had no idea that I'm going to be professional. For me, that was just the passion. I loved the game. I loved the like the part that Shinis were talking about that you suddenly were like accepted by everyone on the field and you made friends like even though I didn't know the language, I didn't know. I didn't know nothing, you know. So, and I think that was the reason why I, I was so fascinated by the game. Um, and from there, you know, uh, when we once moved out of the, of the camp, uh, I played a bit school football, I would say, you know, with the teams, local teams around. And then at some point, um, I got a call from from a like a bigger club in, 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 in Denmark. The reason why I did it is because the coach that I had in my first club, his daughter was really, really great. And she wanted to like become better and go and compete like, you know, like bigger teams and start to playing 11 aside, you know, cause I started playing seven aside. So, and then he called me and he's like, Nadia, the daughter's name was Cecilia. She's going to play for this team. And I think you should go for a trial. And I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I want to do that. So, um, you know, but my mom was a bit against it. Uh, you know, like she was like, nah, as you said, girls football, mm. and then she's like, what about your school is too far away. I'm not going to pay your ticket. But we went for the first trial and the, the team loved me and my sisters and they were like really, they really wanted us to be a part of it. So I made it happen. And from there, I just took on, you know, we, I played like junior and, and I was 
pushed up as a senior a bit earlier. Um, my first senior team was in a little city in Team Viborg, uh, where I s- signed my first contract, you know, and I was there for six months. And I remember that we, it wasn't like the biggest team in, 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 the, in the league, you know, and they just made, they just stayed in the league and we're having a party after that. And I was like, what is going on? This is not the ambitions I have. <laughs> Bye. I'm leaving this area. And then, yeah, I went to Skolbagen. I was a couple of years there and we did really well, you know. And I, I think that's where my name kind of started to become a, a, a name. And uh, I had the opportunity since I was, like, decently young to, to leave abroad and play for in Sweden, Germany. But I didn't really want to do that just because in terms of my studies um, and also because I was like, if I was to leave i wanted to leave somewhere far away so i want to have that change of mentality culture everything so that's what happened in 2014 or 15 yeah i moved to us and i loved the league there it was amazing you know i was in sky blue first and then two seasons in portland i loved every bit of it won the league in portland Uh, yeah i also won the danish league uh before i left (laughs) and then i was like you know what it's time for me to go back to to europe because i'm i really want to win the champions league and i want to you know like compete with the best teams in europe um so yeah signed with city and then now i'm phg and super super happy to be here you know because my journey if i think about it my football journey has been is a been unbelievable uh sometimes i don't feel it's real Mm -hmm. you know and at the same time going from not knowing that women's football existed to now playing in front of, like, as you said, full packed stadium is, I don't know, is a dream. I get goosebumps every time and I'm like, oh, this is really me. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Cool. Hey, and Shanice, how was that for you? Uh, yeah, my journey has been so fast. Like, I, I don't even realize, like, what just happened in my journey because I started playing football when I was a little bit older. And then one of the brothers from the national team coach saw me playing at VVI in Eiselstein. And then she called her sister. So that was, at that moment, the coach with the national team. And he said, like, uh, Vera, I see a girl here. She is so fast. I think you need some someone like her in the national team. And like Nadia told us before that you didn't even know about national team. I mean, it, I mean, that was the same for me as well. I didn't even know that we had a national team. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I played two years. And then two years later, or four years later, I made my debut for the national team already. So it went so fast. And after that... Crazy. Yeah, it was so crazy. And I I started playing football with VVI. Then I left uh, to FC Utrecht. And from Utrecht to Heerenveen, because the national team coach said you need to play more, otherwise you're gonna you're gonna make it. You cannot make it to the national team, or you know, I made my de- debut already, but you said you need to continue and keep growing, otherwise you can't make it till you know till make play tournaments or World Cups or whatever like that. So from that moment, uh, yeah, I signed for Heerenveen and I played for one year at Heerenveen. I start scoring go- scoring goals, uh, some assists, and then. The first, I mean, the champion from uh, Holland, they want, re- really want to sign me. That was FC Twente on that moment. So I think I really progressed over there. I had a great coach, uh, a great team around me. We start playing uh, Champions League as well against Lyon. Of course, yeah, we, we <laughs> lost 10-0, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> because we, we lost? 
Yeah, we lost 6-0 at home and 4-0 away, you know. But it, it didn't even matter because we played Champions League against the big stars. You know, I didn't even know the stars. But, you know, when you play the game, you, you feel that they are stars. So, yeah, that happened. And after VVI, after three and a half years, then uh, Liverpool wanted to sign me. So I signed for Liverpool. And I think that's one of my, yeah, one of the best steps I made in my career because... You know, playing in Holland, it's great. But, you know, playing in England, it's something different because the league, it's so different. Everyone is so physical. And I think I'm a player who, who needs that in the game. So, yeah, I had a great year over there, one and a half year over there. And then I played the Euros. And, yeah, from the Euros till now, my whole life changed because, yeah, everyone recognized me down the streets in Holland. I can't even go to the supermarket or whatever. Everyone wants pictures, want to sign want me to sign a t-shirt so yeah it's it's so crazy I can't even realize but when I'm back in Lyon I, I realize that my life is so different like in France not a lot of people recognize me they do because of the Champions League but it's so different than compared to Holland because we are such a small country and winning the Euros in a small country it's I tell you, Nadia, it's crazy. And you, you was there. Know, we played against each other. You don't want to talk about no, it. No, I know. But still, it's also a great experience for, for her. Even she yeah, lost yeah, the yeah, final. Course, yeah. I mean, that's where it started. Like, the stadium sold out. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it was so... It, yeah, crazy. it was so crazy. It was an yeah. incredible final. I mean, normally, if we look at finals, it's it's uh, not many goals. But no, you, this was both of the teams... And she's, she scored the first goal in the final. So that was, I mean, uh, that yeah. was great. She, yeah. And then you killed that. <laughs> no, it was amazing. You know what? I think it's probably one of... Even though we lost the finals, but for me, it was an amazing moment because I remember, like, for me, I thought that was, like, big step for the women's game. The reason is... I didn't really care that everyone was cheering against us. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was like so cool to see that there are so many people watching exactly. us playing, you know? And when you guys scored, it was, I don't know, 2-2 two, two or it was a 1-1, one, one, whatever. The, that moment, the stadium was shaken. And I've never experienced that anyone liked it. I, I swear, I was like, wow, like the stadium is shaking right now. And I was like, you know, half that. And I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> Same yeah, time, you know? Wow. So it's, yeah, so it's, it's amazing. And, uh, and not... And not even in the U.S. because I did hear about like the the craziness in the U.S. when you're playing Portland. Or, yeah, Portland, yeah. Portland is crazy, right? I mean, I love, oh, I love Portland. when you play at home, well, it's I like love, sold out, right? You know, I think Portland has some of the most fantastic and unique fans around the world because, you know, as an average, while I was playing there, we had ninety thousand each game. And as for as this, you know this from playing in Lyon, and I know this from playing in PG and like some really big yeah. teams I played for. You know, you get that big, big, a lot of crowd, big crowd, big fans to big games. You don't have that regularly, no. you know. While I think in Portland, it's just average. Like you have nineteen thousand. That's what it makes it unique. And then also the fans are, or or like I don't know the passion that community everything they have created there is I haven't seen that anywhere else you know and and it was cool to be a part of it and and I don't know if you ever had the chance to play in the US it's it's a different different mentality you know you know Americans are crazy about sports it starts when they're like this little and you kind of see that around everywhere you go um so yeah that's something we need to learn in Europe yeah, yeah exactly. no, it, it's amazing that that American sports culture and I mean 
both of your journeys has been, uh, and it's still going. I mean, yeah. it, it is amazing. It's something to be uh, jealous of in a positive way. So, um, but I caught up with uh, with Megan Rapino, um, and maybe we should just uh, let's listen to that clip. It's the one and only Megan Rapino. Megan, you need no introduction. I mean, I don't think that there's anybody that doesn't know you. But please, for the few people that doesn't, can you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Megan Rapino uh, from the United States. I'm a winger, and I like to think I bring a little bit of fun and creativity to the game. Well, let's get right into it. How would you describe the unique qualities of women's football as a product? For you, what makes it special and unique? To be honest, I'm not sure it's like special and unique. I think people just don't give it the credit that it's due. And so when then people go to a game or they're watching the World Cup, maybe for the first time, they're like, oh, wow, this is really amazing. And we're like, yeah, we've, we've actually been amazing <laughs> for a long time. Players being more accessible. I mean, this is something that people call unique in this game. Um, is this important to the position of the game? Yeah, right now. I mean, I think people love that. Of course, they want to be close to the players. They want to be able to have that access or talk to them or, uh, you know, get autographs after the game or whatever. But I think we should all be, you know, looking forward to the day where the players are less accessible because that means that the game has grown and uh, the sport is in a much bigger place than it has been before. I do think that it is a special feature that, that you can actually access your 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 biggest hero um, but definitely we need more professionalization of the game in order to uh, to also protect our players and to make sure that the game is elevated do you think that the game is promoted well by governing bodies brands and so on no on the whole no i mean if you look at the money spent towards promoting the men's game just globally versus money sport spent towards promoting the women's game it's probably not anywhere um, near equal or sort of comparable. So I think that there can be a lot more done as an investment into women's football to, to get more eyes on the game. I agree. A lot more needs to be done. Um, I do also see that there's a positive change, especially looking back to the Women's World Cup in 2019, more sponsors coming in. Uh, but yeah, we're definitely not there yet. What would still need to be done? I mean, more games on TV. Um, obviously, you'll get more viewership, get it into people's houses, get it, you know, um, to a place where they don't have to, like, search the internet for 20 minutes just to find the game. What's your opinion on that? Uh, players being accessible versus uh, not so accessible? Shinis? Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, people are different as well. So me, I'm really accessible. But like, if it's not like, if you don't really feel comfortable with that, like you, you need to be yourself as well. You know what I mean? But I think it's important for our game for sure, because that's how we get attention as well. And I think we need that in our game for now, because it's still, it's still growing. And that's why you have to be like open as well for, for people as well, you know, to, to get to know you and also the women's football to, to get bigger and bigger. And I think that's what we need for now because it's not big enough and it's not good enough yet. I kind of get where Megan Rapinoe is coming from. I, I do see the point of what she's saying. But I think right now in the situations where women's football is, I think it's important for us to be accessible because, because you need to create these images of the players so people can relate to you. You know, And, and that term like create the audience for the games because right now we do not have the audience like as you have on the men's side and then and i think once 
like the population, the people see like, oh, how amazing all these athletes, you know, like as human beings. And then you see them play. I think they're going to fall in love with the game, with the like women's game, you know. So for me, I think I want I want people to be accessible because it, it just shows that you still are like that little kid that used to play the game, you know, and, 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 and I, I like that, that, you know, but I, I do understand what she means in terms of like, you know, that at a certain point where there's so much professionalism in the game that it's going to be hard for you. But for me, I think personally, I'm always going to be accessible just because that's my personality as she needs also is, you know, I think, I think I also have obligation of giving back, you know, and, and for me after national team game, we've played 19, you know, 19 minutes and you, smashed i'll still stand out for an hour and a half two hours to sign jerseys you know and 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 you would never see that on the men's side um just because i think i think there's like this distance between the fans Mm -hmm. and and the players and for me that's one of the parts of the women's game that is so cool that we still have like this you know humanity like human thing in us you know that we're not over you guys yeah i love that and um if you like speak on more things that make women's football unique what would you what would you say one thing is the uh you know approachiveness and i think the one another thing is also how open we are you know you, exactly for like sure. the women's game is so yeah transparent you, yeah like you see and then also i think w- something that's been amazing the last five, six, seven years, you know, is that you see that women's players are taking a stand. They want to do more than just play football on the field, but also create something outside the football. And Megan Rapinoe is obviously one of the best examples. Like during the World Cup, she was fighting against, you know, the US president in terms of how he's like, you know, running the country. And for me, that's amazing to see. And, you know, talking about openness, like you see this like understanding of the gay community we have in the women's sport. It's just like love is love and everyone respects that. Nadia, you also said it so, so, so nicely is that normally women's football gets a lot of criticisms about, yeah, it's not good enough or it's slow or whatever, (laughs) but cultural, cultural wise, if you look at the world of women's football, there is so much that they can learn from, uh, from our culture and I mean you've been talking about the stories behind the player uh, Megan also spoke about games on television yeah. because uh, difficult to find games on television or not even possible to find it and on the internet it's 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 uh, it's the same but how do you think about that do we need more games on television and why is that important yeah definitely I think that's super super important the reason is accessibility you like you know people will have access to the game and then you know there's so many times you just sometimes tap on new tv and then you're like oh there's a game on let me see what has happened because most people who have all these prejudices and don't understand the women's game never been to a women's game they think women can't play football but once they go to see a game they're like oh my god i'm so hooked this is amazing i didn't knew you guys were this amazing i'm like as megan told you also told us like yeah this was has been going on for ages we are good we know we work our asses off to to bring this level of the game you know and and having that you know tv deals where they show the games i think that's gonna spread mm-hmm. it to like a wider audience that increases a higher demand for the game more people at the stands and also when there's fans or there are people who want to watch it that's going to be sponsored because that's you following the money you know and people have the money that's how it works nowadays if there's interest you're gonna 100 have more brands in the game and that's gonna help 
the game, women's game to grow. You know, you're going to have more professional players. You're going to have better facilities. You're going to have better competition because there's more girls playing because everyone wants to be a star. And everyone's like, oh, I want to be like her playing on the, like, you know, on TV. And then boom, you have like what it takes to, to bring it to the next level. Um, so for me, it's crucial. Like, you know, the, the access to bring it as wide as possible. Yeah, for sure. I agree what Nadia said because, yeah, we really need this. And also, you see it, you know, during tournaments, we are, our games are on TV and you see what happened. So why is not like the competition on TV? Because it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also it's a really important aspect of building club love is where you can build the fan base. And then yeah. I, as a fan, can start following Olympique Lyon mm -hmm. or uh, any other team, Paris Saint-Germain, Ajax. Um, and then it gets... <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Sorry, you know. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I mean, I've been to Paris a few times. Uh, uh, I, have, I have seen the Paris players more than the Lyon players, but... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know. And you but love me. So I'm sure, you know, you know, I'm already in love with you since, you know, but okay, cool. Now, um, so uh, uh, one more question before we're going to get back to Megan Rapinoe. Um, you've been playing all in all these different countries, France, England, United States, um, uh, the Netherlands for you, Shanice. Um, do you feel that there are differences in promoting uh, the game? Um, I think, yeah, as you said, you know, I think in Europe, we, when it comes to promoting the women's mm -hmm. game, you know, we are a bit behind. Yeah. Uh, I think US, what they do is amazing. And what they've been doing for almost like, you know, decades, it's, it's amazing. Because I think one of the reasons behind the success that the US national team is having is because when you are in the US and you're a women's national team player, you are like a rock star. You've been treated like a rock star. And for me, when I came to Portland, I saw how football players in general are treated. But also then you have like, you know, the top is the US national team players. Everyone loved them. They're in all commercials, especially up to tournaments. You know, they sign crazy deals with like, mm -hmm. um, uh, with sponsors. And I think the way they have promoted the players are is is amazing and i know right now they're fighting for equal pay which is not even thinkable right now most countries in europe you know and that kind of shows where the level is at you know what they they want and i don't know i think i think that's something we can learn from i think you know when when and they're also really amazing they're strong and you always want to you always follow winners, yeah, you know, sure. that's how it is. And I think that's kind of goes hand in hand. As I told you that, that since, I don't know, 1999 World Cup, you know, where they, they won the World Cup, it's just been like this because every kid, every girl in the U.S. dreams of playing for the national team and they have so much players to take from. So for me, I think they're doing something right. And uh, obviously, I think they are like kind of banning the, the way for the rest of the countries to, for the women's game, you know, like, what are the standards in terms of what can you demand? Um, and then I, I know they're not super happy about what's happening, like right now in terms of the equal pay and the, the court decision. But, but for me, just like taking that fight is already like a huge thing for yeah, the rest for sure. of the countries around the world, you know? And then, then I definitely think we should do, yeah, better, uh, you know, and I think in France is, is, is decent, as you said, it's not like, it's not comparable to the US, but they're trying a lot here in England. Um, in England is a bit hard just because of the Premier League is such a massive yeah. factor. And I think mm -hmm. they're always in the shadows of that, you know, and, 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 and 
I don't know, like it's hard to break from that shadow, but it just feels, but I think it's possible. You just have to find the right strategy and the right approach, the right PR, you know, promoting way. Yeah, there has been campaigns about women's football. Can you name any of these campaigns and um, uh, what, you, what, what do you think about them? We have in Holland, I, I have been in a lot of campaigns and for Nike, Nike have a, have a lot of campaigns as well in a women's football. So for sure, I think that has changed already. And I think it's it's bigger and bigger. But I think they you know the you can change our, as well the, the players because it's always like the same players as well. You know what I mean? So in in the men's it's everyone know knows them already. So I think it's nice if you bring a lot of girls in the campaigns but for sure I'm it's it's a positive thing like it it is there already so that's that's a good thing but maybe that is a change what what they can make for the future um yeah Shinis said you know I think like as you also said you know you see more and more brands coming into the women's game the latest ones that I've been we've been part of like you know the team visa uh, brand before the World Cup, I think they, it was like pretty cool. And then obviously Nike is always like you know I think one step ahead of all the other branding when it comes. I think I love the Dream Crazier you know uh, campaign that was going on before the World Cup, and 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 for me that's pretty cool to like put the focus on 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 the athletes. Now you see more and more brands getting involved using as Shanice was saying using like female athletes you know at the same time and and and. And and that just shows that the game is growing because they see the value in branding the the, the you know the female athletes and and I I of course wanted to like grow even more you know so it's you you get the same sponsorship deals that you have on the men's side that'll be amazing in the future or maybe some commercials with the men's and the women's together you know like Nadia with I don't know Mbappe you know in in the club things and also maybe with national team i think that's that's can be cool yeah, yeah again true. again the male the male ally is 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 super important, important. as well yeah 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 I because so. like as shinit was saying they're kind of loved and respected so when you see that and uh, like the following they have the fans they have they're gonna like kind of like follow them like okay oh yeah i see shinis and uh, memphis they're like good friends and he's going to that game let me see what this is about. You know, the hype is about. So I think that's really important to have these kind of role models who take take a stand and try to like change the game. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I do think that like about campaigns, you can still see that it's very much focused on these big events. So of course yeah. the Euros, the World Cup, the Olympics, uh, but we need to have more sustainability within that as well. Where uh, just for uh, you know, uplifting the competition and more of the, the player stories. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so not only around are... tournaments, you know, or about big things. Exactly. Sometimes, yeah, when there is not a tournament, just have a nice commercial. And I know you need a lot of money for this, but I think it can help. I mean, yeah. it's it's a market, and we've all saw that uh, that you can benefit from that. So why would you not want to do that? So yeah, exactly. yeah that's crazy. Get with the program. Um, special me special message for the for the sponsors out there listening. So you just spoke about the American team being global superstars. I actually touched upon that as well with Megan, uh, and I also asked her how she saw that stardom grow. I think we realized early on that it was not just about what was happening on the field, but it it was a business. 
I always call it the traveling circus. You know, we're going to have the opportunity to play 20 friendlies a year, every single year. Brands can then sort of hop on the circus train, TV viewerships then hopping on the circus train, fans, everybody's kind of hopping on, and you can sort of do two things at once. You can build the business, build the brand, and be successful commercially, but you can also get better, and it's an opportunity for us to keep our national team at the very highest level where we want it. I just love this, Megan, the way you and, and your team um, use football not only as a platform for yourselves, uh, for your talents, your skills, um, to win medals and, and to win championships, but you also use it as a as a vehicle to, um, to, to, to raise your voice, to make a change. And um, it's kind of funny because I always use the term of, of, of the train, uh, women's football is a train and uh, people actually hop on and hop off, but you can better just get on the train and stick with it because this train is, is not stopping. It's only going further and further. So how important are the players' voices to keep this train moving? I think that the bravery of using our platform, standing up and speaking, comes from a long history of this team doing that. Like when you first get on that team, you quickly realize that is part of the thread, always fighting for more, always trying to inspire, always understanding that what we're doing on the field has such a larger impact off the field. It's just something that we learned and it's it's in our DNA as a team. Yeah, Megan, um, I have so much respect for that, especially coming from active professional athletes and also at the same time being um, active as, a, as an advocate for change. Just mad respect for that. So do you think this needs to be promoted more? I think so. I think that's the strength of, of athletes in general that should be promoted more. And athletes should always feel that, you know, they have the platform to speak about things that are important. Like you can be from anywhere and still make it to the very top. So everyone has some sort of interesting story or, you know, place that they've come from, which I think gives them a different perspective. And I think insofar as society glorify athletes and glorify famous people, then we have a responsibility to use that shine and use that spotlight to ultimately make the world a better place. Speaking on that, uh, do you use your platform as an international pro player to talk about uh, things outside football? And why, Nadia? Oh, well, well, I think, yeah, uh, I've, I've really do that. I know I think I've been doing it for like a long time. And the reason is really simple. You know, I think I'm, I'm a human being. I do care about what's going on around me. I do feel sadness. I do feel empathy with unfairness, you know. So and I everywhere I go, I try to I try to make that place a better place, you know. And, and, and the reason maybe why I'm so passionate about it is maybe because I've, I didn't have the easiest life, you know, before. Um, and I've experienced some really horrible stuff. So I know how it is to be in that situation. And then, you know, so now suddenly I'm here where I do have a platform. I am, when I do speak, I hope there are one, two people listening to what I have to say. And I think that's an extremely powerful thing, you know, that you can use your voice to, as you said, like make the world a better place. And I know this sounds really, really big, but if all of us were thinking the same, same thing, you know, if you see unjust, like something that's uh, unfair in front of you and you speak up about it, I think that's going to have an impact on the person you're helping, but also the person who just learned something that that's not right, you know? So I feel, yeah, obligation by doing that. And I think everywhere I go, I've seen that, especially like in Denmark, you know, like before 
before like before me you would never see athletes doing this kind of stuff now i see especially on our team on the women's national team you see more and more people trying to you know be vocal and try to use their voice which for me is amazing because i think i've been a part of that change you know and and and, and i'm gonna do this to the day i die uh, because why not you know uh, that's just makes sense for me yeah yeah, no. And you know how I think about that. I mean, I have a lot of respect uh, for you doing that as an active uh, pro athlete. And um, yeah, no, I just uh, cool. Yeah, you, and, do, you do it yourself, though. You do it yourself, which is amazing. You know, like you, you go to uh, different countries, you do, mm-hmm. you bring the football, the joy, you want, you create awareness. That's the same thing, you know. And and it's the same. I'm, I'm like, I feel like such a honorable, like great honorable thing to do um, mm. because it does take a lot of effort, you know, it does take your time. It does like it's, it takes your energy. Uh, I could easily go on a vacation laying like the pool, which is cool as well. If that's what you're into. But for me, I, I don't know. I have this thing that in my heart, and I think you will probably have it as well because you do so much, um, to, to do something. Um, and, and, and now we are here in this high up, and then I think you can do something about it. So why not do it? I think it's important to use your platform, but, you know, I'm also thinking about like how to help kids or other people, because I know I have feel, I felt sadness as well. Of, of course, different sadness compared to Nadia, but you know, like, like Rapino said, everyone has their own story, but for sure, I love to help people, but I think I can, I think I can do it more, but yeah, you know, you need. You also need to think about how you're gonna bring it into the world because a lot of people want to bring something to change, but like I'm a different person and I like to bring it like big and different. So of course I've think about. I thought about like start my own inspiration talk. You know that you that you stand in front of people, speak about what happened in your life and how to help people with them issues. And for sure, I think it's important if you're gonna do this for sure with the platform you have now, because, you know, some people have dreamed of or dream about having a big platform and you have it. So why aren't you not using it? You know what I mean? So that's why I think it's important to use, to use it. Yeah. Well, well, luckily we have this podcast for you to, uh, to send some inspirational (laughs) messages uh, into the world. Hey, and express yourself. (laughs) Right. This is the moment right here, right now. And, um, but do you believe that every athlete should do this? I mean, are you like, do you have to do this as an athlete, Nadia? You know, I think you don't have to do it, but I think it's an awesome opportunity I think we do have a certain amount of responsibility just because like the following and the platform that you have. And, 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 and I think as I, I always say this, it's, you know, as a human being, you know, if you see someone in front of you, old person falling, what is your first reaction? Help them up. Yeah. That's, and I think for me, it's always, that's how you, I'm putting every situation. So I, when I see like kids in Denmark, you know, Denmark is a great country, but there are kids who, who are poor, who don't get the same experience as other kids. They cannot afford to go football. So for me, like I would say, yeah, whatever, that's their life, you know, but it kind of affects me because I'm like, you know what? I, I can buy me just going to a gala or by me like spending eight hours in a weekend I can maybe bring a little bit of a change mm-hmm, yeah. uh, and, and then, you know, and I know that's going to have a huge impact on these kids. 
because I've been there. I know how much it affects you as a person and you're going to have, have better people in the world. So you don't have to do it, but, but I feel like, you know, it also makes you feel good. Uh, it, it, you know, it does because you like feeling you're ac- accomplishing something and you're giving back to the world that has right now given me so much, you know, I live in Paris. I, mm-hmm. I love my job. I love my life. I, you know, so I feel like, I don't know. I just want to give back um, gratefulness, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And I also think yeah, you don't it, have to do like a big thing. You know, there's always no, a way to no. do even a small thing, even if you don't really feel yes. comfortable with it, just think about to make the world a better place. So, you know, okay, people don't have to do it, but there is always a way to change a little, little bit for someone. Yes, ex- exactly. As you said, it's not about doing major stuff. You, If you just go down the street and are smiley and nice, exactly. that could be it. You yeah. know, like that might be your part of like making someone else's day better just because you smiled and you said hi to them, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, about, it's about what what can you do? How much energy do you have? Like, you know, like to do, uh, it's all about being a good person for me at the end, you know, like being a decent person and being nice, kind to each other. That's it. Yeah. And also to people yeah. who always have a smile on their face because you don't really know what's going through them, you know, going through the head, you know, so be nice to everyone. And I think that's, yeah. that's really important. Yeah, preach, and that, that, yeah, preach. <laughs> no, preach to both of you. I mean, you know, fashion icon has spoken, guys. Let me know. <laughs> All right, strong finish, strong finish. Uh, we're gonna get into a game because I know you guys love to play a game, and you're very competitive. Oh. Uh, I mean, we saw this. This is the game we're going to play, true or false. It's very Ooh. easy. I got some statements from you, uh, three statements in total. And yeah, you just have to guess uh, which statements are false and which statements are true. So who wants to start? Me. Look at her. <laughs> You're ready. Okay, so, okay, I got three statements. So I'm going to just state them all three. And then after, you can just say this one is true or false. So uh, the first one is, I speak Korean. So Nadia speaks Korean, uh, you know, the second second one is I have a middle name. So Nadia, something, something Nadim. Um, And the third one is I used to play the flute. I used to play the flute, like a musical instrument. Um, The first one. Speaking Korean. Yeah, I don't think she speaks Korean. You don't you I, think oh, I speak Korean? No, 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 you don't. Are you sure? Do you know oh, how many languages you speak? I know, she has like seven languages, but uh, I don't think it's one of this. Are you sure? What? Think about it. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. That was correct. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my God. Shit. Okay, that's good. Shanish, yeah, okay, one zero, one zero. Um... But can you explain yourself? Because you have a you have a middle name. Can we can we hear it? Yes. So in Afghanistan, when you're born, you have you take your grand like my mother's mother grandma mm-hmm. grandma's name. So and her name is Naf, uh, Nafas. So my name is Nadia Nafas Nadim. But I just felt N N N N is so weird. So I don't have that part of it. Ah, okay. All right. And so you used to play the flute. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to play the flute. I've played the flute. I used to do like, you know, mini concerts and I used to be able to read the notes. But then I was like, ah, not my cup of tea. 
Oh, no? Cool. How, how did you get into that? It started with a school, you know, in school it was like a program. You could choose instruments. I, I chose the flute. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Because I love the flute. <laughs> and now you got but another instrument. No, I, I can't play it. Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay, cool. So it's one zero, Shanice. Well done. Yes. Yeah. So one of the oh. others are wrong as well. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The last one. The last one. The flute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wrong. You are so sick. How do you know me this well? Because it's wrong. <laughs> No, it's like I, I, I used to play. You're a good liar. I a good liar. But you know, name, sometimes I, I know good liars. I don't have a middle, name, I don't have a middle have... name. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was a lie. No. You know don't have a middle name? name? No, my name was just Nadia Nadim. And I did used to play the flute. Uh, oh, so wait, she's wrong. Yeah, she's wrong. That's oh. what I'm saying. Huh? <laughs> but then yeah. but then again. But then you suck. If I, no, if you don't believe me, I can show you my passport because I don't have. No, no, no. Name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. I believe. We believe. I you. believe you. I we believe you. Yeah. I, okay. I, I, so okay. So it's I, I one zero. Right. Still. Yeah. You have yeah. One, okay. Yeah, okay. One, yeah, one, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then. Okay. Shanice's three statements are. <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> Look it's at these women. You get this is the this is the fun part when you play games and then the real <laughs> the real people come out. You know. Yeah. Well, exactly. So. Okay, statement, statement number one. Um, Shanice started to play football when she was six years old and she started um, yeah, playing football when she was six. That was the first statement. The second statement, she's making notes. Oh my God. Okay, she's making notes. Second statement is the Women's World Cup in 2015 in Canada was the first time Shanice played with her red lipstick. Okay. Third statement, the penguin is Shanice's favorite animal in the whole wide world. <laughs> you know, that guy with that tuxedo yeah. and living in Antarctica, Antarctica? Yeah, I know. That's so random. <laughs> or girl. Wait. Yeah, very random. <laughs> so, I'm so thinking which... about... Wait, I'm just thinking about... Okay, first, I would say that I think you're older when you start playing football. You're older than six years old. So that statement is false. That was a bit easier. That was easy. <laughs> Am, I right? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Yes. But now you have to guess how old she was. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Exactly. No. One, one. Okay, wait. One, one so far. We're and playing for the orange squad. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. So the red lipstick 2015 was her first time. And then, so can I ask some questions before I make my, why did you start playing with a red, a red lipstick? What no, the reason? No, I'm not going to answer your questions. Well, oh, no. Come on, I, I answered you my questions. Come on. I'm not going to answer you. <laughs> no, no, no. You. No, just tell me. You can lie, whatever. Just, what's the reason? I tried. You like playing with a red yeah, lipstick? Yeah, no, no, no. Who for sure. I have no reason for this. So that was the first time you just be like, I'm going to play with red lipstick mm -hmm. today. Okay, and why is the penguin your favorite animal? I think they are cute. Do you not think so? <laughs> My God, this is crazy. Okay, you know what? I think, I don't think the penguin is your favorite animal because I would say your favorite animal might be something like a leopard, like a t something who's fast. And penguins are not fast. So <laughs> okay. that's my conclusion 
So the penguin part is not right. And you started playing with red lipstick in 2015. Come on. Come on, hit me. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Am I okay, right? Am I not right? Oh, the penguin. I really like the penguin. Seriously. So. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Wait, I love penguins. Is this real? Penguin is your favorite animal. Yeah, I like oh. them since I'm young. Okay, Are but you I mean, no, 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 no I'm not lying. I'm serious. Are you I'm, pranking me? No, I'm God. Do you have a tattoo serious. with a penguin? No, no, no. You no, have no. a tattoo no, with a no, penguin? No, 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 no. That's too much. Yet. No, 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 no. Not yet. What? Oh my God. <laughs> no, but girls, girls. Oh, okay, so, so to to round this up, I mean, it's one one because um, Shanice gave me only one false statement. You gave me two. She gave me one. So you were bound to lose. <laughs> no, no, no. You haven't. You haven't lost because it's one one. You had a correct statement, and um, Shanice as well. So I think so, we can. So the 2015 rep let's say was re- uh, right as well. It's true. Yeah, and say! the penguin is true as well. <laughs> <laughs> what is she doing? Okay, okay. She is doing. Well, okay. I, I, cool. I, I hit three right though. Wow, I'm in shock about the penguin though. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that was it. The one where no one cares. We talked about the evolution of women's football and this was only the beginning. You could see the competition between Shanice and Nadia is unreal. So we're definitely going to play some more games with them. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our other episodes by searching The Football Podcast. And again... Make sure to join the conversation by using hashtag WePlayStrong, subscribe, leave us a review, super important, and share. Let us know what you think of our podcast. And while you're at it, tell all of your friends to come and check us out. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more. Bye. Bye. Peace. Peace. Bye. Bye. See you soon. Bye.